Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Congresswoman Nakima Williams, and thank you so much, who represents, by the way, uh, the 5th Congressional District in Congress. And for those of you who uh, know history, this is John Lewis's former uh, district, and she was elected to serve uh, in, in the 117th uh, uh, Congress and sits on the Financial uh, Service Committee and as well as the Select Committee on Modernization of Congress. But here's what I really, that caught my attention. And that is something that I, we don't talk a lot about. And we're going to spend maybe a, a good portion of this hour about the slavery clause. The slavery clause of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution. Um, and first of all, Congressman Williams, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to uh, uh, come uh, to be on the Madison Show. Um, well, where do we start? For people that don't know what the slavery clause is, can you please explain it to to us? Well, good morning, good morning, and I am so happy to be with you to have this very important conversation. I am talking to everyone who will listen to make sure that we can once and for all end the exception and abolish slavery. I know there are some people like, this person, this lady is crazy. What does she mean, abolish slavery? We are celebrating Juneteenth. President Biden made Juneteenth a national holiday, and slavery has been abolished. But I got to Congress and not realizing exactly what um, big piece of legislation was going to be my mission to carry through. And I quickly learned that there's an exception in the United States Constitution. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery except as punishment for a crime. And so many people don't realize that. So what I am working on is that I am bold enough to think that I can change the United States Constitution, not just the law, but change the Constitution to once and for all abolish slavery. It's in Section 1, and I always have a copy of the Constitution in, right here at my desk. So Amendment 13, ratified December 6, 19, 1865, 1865, Section 1, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any other place subject to their jurisdiction, which would include states and whatever else. Um, so what does that mean? That if a person has been convicted of a crime, serving time, that they can be subject to slavery? So I think we have to look at, like, just the historical context of this. And I know as a person of history and you got your Constitution ready, thinking about just immediately after the Civil War, laws that were created specifically to punish black people so that they could continue to arrest black people who had been um, formerly enslaved. And so this was the way that black men could be arrested for small things like loitering. 
and the exception clause for the for slavery in the Constitution was exploited so that they could continue to have their cheap source of labor across the country. And so today, when we look at our prison numbers and incarceration rates, almost two million incarcerated people um, are subject to this clause, and way too many of them are black and brown people, and they're subjected to forced labor for some of them pennies on the dollar and some of them no pay. And we have a lot of municipalities where they um, hire slave labor, basically prisoners who are in jail and incarcerated and municipalities and states hire them to do certain work, but they're not paying them. I know that in Georgia, um, we're one of the five states in the countries where you don't have to pay anything for your work for prison labor. And so we're going to, we're having a conversation about that in Congress and we're going to change that. Now, it, now it is when you say change it, <clears throat> help me, help us understand. Uh, it, it, is this, can this be changed? Well, let, let's put it this way. How can it be changed? Does it have to be a bill that you introduce? Does it have to be a, a uh, an amendment that has to go through the various states, a constitutional change to the amendment? How do you change this? So there are a number of ways. There are multiple avenues to change the United States Constitution. And the route that we're looking at right now, we have two-thirds. We need two-thirds, the majority of the states. House. Oh, of the House. The, Go ahead. Of the House. Go ahead. And the Senate. Uh Um, which we know that's a tall order. But, Joe, I have Republicans who are helping me with this. I have a Republican co-lead from Utah, Representative Chris Stewart, who understands that we need to do something about this. And so we're gaining steam. I have over 140 co-sponsors already on this legislation. We're growing the number of Republicans that are joined on because we have deeply red Republican states who've already ratified this in their state constitution, states like Utah. And so um, once we get this done, it is like, um, I know that we've heard about other amendments where you have to do um, 38 states across the country have to ratify it in their state constitution in order for um, it to move forward and change the constitution. So we are working this on multiple levels. I just... um, started working with the National Black Caucus of State Legislatures so that we can get a resolution and get black caucuses across the country to adopt this resolution, get it passed in their state legislatures so that we can get to those 38 states that need to address this and it'll make it easier for us to get this done. Now, does the president support this, your efforts? So I have not talked with President Biden about this. But the next conversation that we have, it is at the top of the agenda. But any president who has stood and celebrated Juneteenth, made Juneteenth a federal law, this is our second year, I am going to make sure that we get this on the president's agenda and on his radar. I, hey, can I say something, Congressman Williams? Absolutely. It's this on his hey, 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 let me tell you something. It's on his agenda right now because they're listening. I can guarantee. Hey, I can guarantee you that. I I know there are people out there like Susan Rice, and others. They're listening. 
so maybe this show will help move it. I mean, it, it's it's almost like it, this is not brain surgery. I, I mean, this is something that the, and, and this is me talking, and I'll do whatever I can to help you. You know that. Let me tell you. All you got, you know, he's, I know he's over in Saudi Arabia right now, but you're right. What better way, you know, what better way to, to, to really focus on the significance of Juneteenth? What better way? Make that announcement on Juneteenth. Make it on Juneteenth. You know what? We're going to get this, this, this passed. We're going to get this passed. Now, let me make sure I understand something, that this doesn't require... Um, you know, the 38 requirement, we're not changing, I mean, we're not eliminating the 13th Amendment. Can This can be done, this can be done by uh, Congress. This can be done by Congress. Am I accurate? You are accurate. We are, well, we're going to get the two-thirds majority. We're still working on it. Okay. And it, when we have seen what has happened in states like Utah, over 80% of the voters in a deep red state like Utah agreed with me and ratified their state constitution to end the exception. And so we're growing steam across the country of people, states that are putting ballot propositions on the ballot, taking it to the people. And we're working with a number of organizations, coalitions, um, the in the exception coalition and ACLU, Worth Rises, Vera Institute. Like, we we have a lot of people that are deeply committed to this work to make sure that voters across the country All understand right. what we're doing and what's at stake. All right. Now, this is very simple. It's the slavery. We'll call it the slavery clause. It's the 13th Amendment. And, and by the way, everybody, you, 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 you got a smartphone. All you got to do is look it up. I mean, as simple as that. It's right there, and it's in the first damn sentence of the of the, uh, of the amendment. You don't even have to go into Section 2 to find it. Uh, most people, a lot of, I shouldn't say most, a lot of people just hadn't thought about it, didn't, know, didn't realize it. Now, so I am so glad that you brought, I think this, this would be the, the, this would be the year to get it done. Because absolutely agree with you. Yeah, and as I'm thinking about it, about you know, should I mean, this is where it transcends race. This this transcends race. There are a hell of a lot of white people in prison and in jail that can be, in essence, that this applies to. This is where we all need to come together. Um, I this is bipartisan multiracial like this is this transcends states borders this is something that will send a, a powerful message about the united states leadership against forced labor while also showing that our our people up here in congress are being responsive yeah. to the things that are happening in our states we've got to be responsive now after we you know in the next in, in a few minutes uh and you know him well douglas blackman um, uh, he, he has his uh, one of his books that's uh, been out for a long time. I certainly encourage people to read it. Slavery by another name, and and he and it's a book. I, uh, it's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, book. He's a Pulitzer Prize obviously author, and the book is Slavery by Another Name. 
and I and and I'm going. He's going to come on later on uh, to to sort of highlight how this 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 amendment, how this clause, slavery clause, has manifested itself over the uh, over the years. Uh, and so uh, I'm certain he'll be a, a a big help. Finally, what do you want my listeners to do? I need listeners to call their representative in Congress and ask them to add their names to the growing number of over 140 members of the United States House of Representatives and be a co-sponsor on the abolition amendment. And they don't have to stop there. They also have local leaders who can push to get this on the ballot in their state and end the exception once and for all. We can abolish slavery in this country, Joe. All right. I got to thank you, Nakima, Congresswoman Nakima Williams. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll get this on, on our social media. Um, and uh, it, 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 I mean, this is not a complicated bill. I guess we can highlight that. Um, but it's just a matter of, like you, you call it the abolitionist amendment to end the slavery clause. And uh, it's a matter of calling your senators and members of Congress and others. Just get it done. This, let's see what, what happens. Keep us posted. Okay. Keep us posted. And um, I appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Thank you, Congresswoman Williams. Thank you. Thank you. And I will be back with updates as we continue to make progress. You, thank you. That's what we'll need. You And you got it. All you got to do, and don't even wait for us to call you. Just call us, <laughs> and we'll we'll get you in. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, 14 after the, uh, after the hour. Your comment. Your calls right now, one eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Now let me let me again. Uh she's a freshman, Congresswoman, uh the class of one the hundred and seventeenth Congress, freshman class in. Uh she she is a member of the fifth congressional district, which is John Lewis's district. So she, you know, she she's She's that. She's the congresswoman for that district. And again, all you have to do. I I just happen to have the the paper, my 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 constitution here. But it's on. It's you don't you don't have to have it in paper. You don't have to carry it around in a uh, in a book, a little pamphlet. I have a pamphlet that I keep here. It's a lot quicker for me to reach for the pamphlet. I'm old-fashioned, then to try to type it in. But just go to the 13th Amendment of the United States. Again, ratified December 6, 1865. This is after the Civil War. So this goes back to, again, and we'll talk to Doug uh, Blackman about this. How is it that they kept the slavery clause in the 13th Amendment? Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime. So, in other words, if you are convicted, you are serving time, local, federal, whatever, state, you 
can be hired out. You, slavery, you can be enslaved. You're in, you can be enslaved. I mean, how else can I put? This is that simple. And all, and what she's saying is, all it takes is two thirds of the of a Congress to just simply do what? Remove the language, and slavery is it, it, that's it. Now let me. It goes on. It says Congress should have the power to enforce this article. There you go, by appropriate legislation. I mean, that's the wait a minute. That's the Thirteenth Amendment. One, two, three, four, five, six sentences. Now you, I'm sorry. One, two sentences. Two sentences. First section one. Section two is Congress has the power to just change this. And I, you know, and again, we don't. I, I, I don't. I have not talked about it in a long. I've been aware of it. It comes up every now and then. This is a no-brainer. Now, again, I could have a little fun with this. If there is anybody out there who has the nerve to call my show and tell me why this shouldn't be changed, give me a call. And you got I got open lines. I'm really, I'm serious. I'm very serious. Now, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being somewhat facetious, because the sad thing is I'm inviting assholes to call, because that's exactly how I'm gonna look at you. So that may, that may keep you from call. That, that, that I know, but let me tell you, you never know who's listening. There may be some assholes out there who will say no. Keep, keep it, keep it, keep it. Keep the slavery clause in the... No, keep it. No, I don't want my congressperson to 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 to, to uh, remove it. No, I hope they... Now, again, this is not Republican or Democrat. And, and all it... You know, I'm thinking, Juneteenth, if I were... Let me tell you, this is my advice. This is my advice to the Biden administration. This is my advice to the Biden administration. And I know there are folks listening. This is my advice. And there's some folk over there I got a lot of respect for. who It just may not be on their radar. But I know they're listening. I'd be work right now. I'd be drawing up a statement. And I would issue that statement on Juneteenth or your celebration of Juneteenth. I, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, support Congresswoman Nakima Williams, John, the Congresswoman who represents John Lewis's district. I support getting uh, eliminating the slavery clause. What a way to celebrate Juneteenth. It's a hell of a lot better than what Walmart was going to try and do, and a hell of a lot better than a watermelon salad. Let's take a call. Let me see. Um, Doug Blackman is going to be with us in, in, at bottom of the hour. Uh, but let me take Mike from Georgia. First, uh, 
first-time caller. Go ahead, uh, Mike. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. I'm I'm a white male, and um, when I was younger, I got in some trouble, and I was sentenced to community service. Um, One of the times I was sentenced to 80 hours of community service, and I had to mop the jail and wash police cars. And it took me months to do it because I was at school at the time and I had to do it almost every day after school for months. Um, at the time, I hated it. I thought it was wrong. I thought it was mean. But looking back at it, uh, it, it taught me a good lesson. You know, it taught me to stay out of trouble if I didn't want to do things like that. Um, and I, they were able to sentence me you know what? You know what? You, you see, this is getting, you're pissing me off. Because you know what you're trying to do. You're trying to suggest it ought to stay in the, that the slavery clause ought to stay in it. Now, because I can hear, you see, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is my third ear. This is what I mean. Oh, I had to wash cars, didn't get paid for it. Oh, I had to do this, didn't get paid for it. Oh, I had to do that. The word slavery is and and by the way it was a good lesson for me so what you're saying you're not is that you you're saying it ought to stay in the in the amendment just say it, yes or no i believe it should stay yeah, that's what it, i thought it, it, goodbye hey hey asshole you know I, that, I mean really thank you i mean really so you want the word slavery you weren't considered you considered yourself a slave man but you know what? I knew. I, and you were on the line before she even left. So you're saying, listen to what he's saying. I think the, 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 third, the, the Civil War Amendment should be that slavery ought to stay in the Constitution of the United States, Mike, that should stay because, because why? Because it taught me a lesson. It taught me a lesson. There can still absolutely, be accountability. I mean, you can have accountability without being referred without to as being a slavery. slavery. Cedric from from Maryland, first time caller. Whoa! Go ahead, uh, uh, Cedric. Uh, Frederick, actually, the Black Eagle. It's it's great to talk to you. Uh, uh, my name is Frederick. And, and do me a favor. If you're on the speakerphone, please, if there's echo in that, it's a little distorted. About that, is that better? No, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm downstairs. In the oh, okay, you're in the echo. I got you. Okay, it's the room yeah, you're in. Going got to you. my classroom. Okay. Last day of school. Oh, uh, okay. I teach, I teach history, and okay. I never forget years ago discussing this the 13th amendment with my class and you know i asked them to pick out where was where did where in this 13th amendment uh did it discuss you know essentially slavery and you know to a person they found out because we looked at it the, the 13th amendment very closely and you know the the exception clause is there and I just wanted to say, in, in, throughout the history of America, you know, we had a penal system or a prison I, You system. know, I'm going to run out of time. 
I got you. Mm-hmm. All right, where are you going with this? I, I mean, well, I'm glad you well, taught it. And, and go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, Con- Congresswoman uh, Williams, uh, I didn't realize a uh, abolition amendment was going through Congress. Now that I know, I'm going to do exactly as she said. I there, will call my Congress. There you go. Congress. Now, and, and but 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 whoa whoa but whoa, whoa whoa wait a minute. See, hold on. Last day of school. Last, last day. Of- Listen, you getting ready to walk into a classroom? Well, I am, but I we expect only a few students here since all tests are done and grades are turned in. It's just the uh, you know. Well, let me ask you: Can you can you text them? Yeah. Can oh, you yeah. email yeah. them? Yeah. How, how about you mm-hmm. do this? This is a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was a great year. Appreciate y'all. Hope you learned something. I've got one more assignment. I'm not laughing. Okay. I'm not right. laughing. I mean, I'm I'm oh. I'm being very. I got one more assignment. What what age is most? Well, I don't care what age they are. What a, high school? What, okay. Here's my point. This is this is a this, this, as a this boy. I tell you, if I, this would be a great deal, for, this would be excellent for you to do. I mean, that's what teachers do. You don't have to be in the classroom. I, now, yeah, that's, that's, that's my suggestion to you. Douglas Blackman, Pulitzer Prize-winning author of Slavery by Another Name, uh, The Re-Enslavement of Black Americans from the Civil War to World War I. Also, uh, co-producer of the... Uh, PBS documentary by the same name, which I I just can't get enough of it. I got to tell you, Doug, every time it, it airs, um, it, you know, I, I always learn something new with it, uh, about it. And, say, and first of all, it has been a while. And thank you for coming on the show. How are you? I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me back. Good to hear your voice. Yeah. Now, let me let me tell you what got me, uh, why I wanted to get you on. Congresswoman... Nakima Williams has now a, a bill, an effort. She represents, as you know, the 5th Congressional District, John Lewis's district, and that is uh, the, the, the uh, slavery clause in the 13th Amendment to the Constitution. Now, I just had a caller who said it, it ought to stay in the, the, the amendment because he had gotten in trouble when he was younger, and he had to wash cars and pick up trash and mop floors. And you know what? It taught him a lesson. And I I, I guess I said, wait a minute. That was not the intent of the slavery clause. Um, I'm, if, talk to us about it, if you, the history. And well, how, you call her. Your caller makes an important point that gets at the you know, things are never as simple as they seem, particularly with history. And the, I, I personally think it's a good idea to for, it, it would be a good thing for that provision in the 13th Amendment to come out uh, because the the problem with it is is not that in the case of somebody who's actually broken the law 
uh, and is, has ended up in prison or has ended up in some sort of uh, program that is aimed at, you know, paying back their debt to society for something they actually did, for someone like that to end up working as a firefighter out in the West, as long as they are agreeable to it, uh, or some to learn a trade and do that work while they are in the system. Uh, th- there are versions of people working while they're incarcerated that are not bad things, particularly if, if, it's, uh, if it's something they have some choice in and if they're compensated in some way that's reasonable. That's not necessarily terrible. But, but, but what is terrible is when private corporations make huge amounts of money off of the forced labor of people who are imprisoned or our government starts seeing it as a profit line uh, in their budget. And those are the kinds of abuses that that have been allowed by the exception and and that shouldn't continue. And and there are examples of of this. Uh, I, I've, I've I think we've done we've talked. I've done shows where uh, where was it in Michigan? A city had a factory where they built furniture uh, for, for the state, and the factory ended up, and they hired people in the city, but it ended up being closed down because the state moved the <laughs> the the building of the furniture to the prison. Yeah, there's a long history of that, and in, in fact, back you know at the beginning of the 1900s, it was a really big issue. For a lot of labor unions in the country, uh, that they their opposition to prison labor was for exactly those kinds of things, because once you start putting these these uh, uh, these kinds of industries inside prisons and giving these private companies or even the state this essentially free labor that makes it super profitable uh, and makes it possible, then all of a sudden the free people, the people who are not in prison, are being offered a lot less money to do the same kind of work. And so unions were labor labor movement was very much opposed to all that because it distorts the the economics of of, of, of any place. And so that's one one more problem with with that kind of uh, prison labor. Now explain to people, especially the subtitle of your book and how it manifests itself, the re-enslavement of black Americans from the Civil War to World War II. And maybe, I think the last time I talked to you, you know, you said even beyond World War II. Yeah, the, the, I, I say to, to World War II in the book because it's at that stage that finally for the first time uh, that the federal government uh, is begins to use in a meaningful way, the power of the federal government to try to stamp out the slavery that was still pervasive uh, in many parts of the Deep South. And, and it, it still continued in a, in a smaller way in certain places. And in, in some places, there were, you know, there were cases of people still being held against their will and forced to work on plantations and such um, in the 1960s, you know, so way beyond World War II. But what the, what the book is about and what that history is about is that at the end of the Civil War, the you know white Southerners in particular wanted to to as fast as they could to create a system, an economic system that would operate as closely to the way that slavery had operated as it, as they possibly could create. And they couldn't do that for about ten years or more in some places because there were still 
federal troops in the South that were not allowing, you know, the, the old Confederates to just start doing the same things again. But after Reconstruction finally ended and white Southerners started reasserting political control in the South, they started passing laws uh, uh, aimed at forcing African-American farm laborers and other just day laborers, people who did basic basic uh, manual labor in particular, forcing people into economic arrangements that were then exploited by white landowners and coal mine operators and timber camps to, to capture African-Americans in a circumstance that in which they were being forced to, to to work for these other folks, receiving almost no compensation, and given insufficient food and uh, medical treatment and clothing, and and the criminal justice system was used as the gateway into that new system. It was an exploitation of the criminal justice system to create this new system of involuntary servitude. Let me see if I, do you mind if we take a couple of calls? Sure. sure okay. Uh, Jonathan from Ohio, formerly incarcerated. Go ahead. You're on with, uh, with Douglas Blackman, author of slavery by another name. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Joe. Thanks uh, for taking the call. Um, yeah, I was listening to, Congressman uh, Williams, and I kind of got intrigued to wonder whether or not, I guess, that provision is what was used with me when I was in West Virginia. They forced me to work on a road crew, and we would work eight hours a day um, cutting grass um, in the very, very hot sun, and we were paid a dollar seventy-five a day for eight hours worth of work, and I I challenged them on that and told them that I didn't want to work on the road crew anymore. And what happened to me was when I went up uh, for parole, they gave me six more months. So basically for challenging that, they they took away what's called six months good time. All right. Let me do this. Let me me ask, uh, uh, because I got a lot of calls and a lot of time. uh, Douglas, do you want to respond to that? Uh, well, sure. Well, that's a that, that that example is exactly what this exception in Thirteenth Amendment allows for. That is that is precisely what it is, and the 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 provision allowed. And partly this is the and I, I'm a little different from some the opinions of some other people on this, but that provision in the Thirteenth Amendment was put in there because there was a long history, even in 1865. There was a long history of people who were who were sentenced to hard labor as punishment for a crime. And there was a long tradition of that for for all kinds of people, black and white, you know, going all the way back into the colonial times and back to old England. You know, there was a tradition of that. And that's the real reason why that exception was put into the 13th Amendment. And it was to allow the state to use work as a form of punishment. Uh, uh, and that's. That's what happened to you. But the problem was it got perverted as the years went by. Kadir from New York, you're on with Doug Blackman. Uh, go ahead, quickly. Hi. Yes, Joe, this is the most beautiful day of my life. Um, I'm a retired Federal Bureau of Prisons chaplain and a New York State Department of Corrections chaplain. And <clears throat> that 13th Amendment, with that exception that's in there, allowed for more men, African-American, to get more time than others that were not African-American. And back in 1865 up until current day, if we go back that far, it was the scheme 
a diabolical scheme for divide and conquer. It was always divide and conquer. Keep the man in jail. Keep him away from his wife. Keep him away from his family. And they would get more time in jail, as the previous caller just stated, because they refused to do what? Not work for $1.75. Back then, they were working for free. And so working for free and that building all over the country, and you can go back and find out all types of things that uh, 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 prisoners uh, were doing uh, for free labor during that particular time. It was an implementation of trying to find out just exactly how much more they can get away with free labor since Abraham Lincoln decided to Okay. Stop slavery. Ro- uh, Robinson from Florida. You're on with Doug Blackman. Go ahead with your question or comment. Uh, good morning, boss. Uh, you know, I was just wanted to say real quick, when we call into the Joe Madison so we get in Joe Madison's mind and his heart. So when you when we call in, we can, we can make a comment, and you're going to give us a different opinion about what we can do or say or not do. So when you go to prison, which I have been over 25 years ago, I'm about to get my record expunged. Uh, I was working for four hours, for me, four dollars an hour a day cleaning in the kitchen. So I have on my side, on my father's side and my mother's side, 25 to 15. So you get different outlook of everything that goes on. Okay, so what's your point? My point is that I done seen... And I know a lot of things that go on. They mix everybody in that prison, whether you driving, child molester, murder, or whatever. Now, you're right. I don't know about the word slavery, and I get you on that. But when you molest children and you murder people, they should, something should be done more worse than someone driving. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, but what, all right, Doug Blackman, I, 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 I don't know what to make of that call. I mean— uh, go. Uh, you you want to comment on it? Well, go ahead. I think that what I think what all your callers are getting at at some level is that the, I mean, this is a it, it a terrible thing happened that the criminal justice system and this provision in the Thirteenth Amendment those were used to force hundreds of thousands of black men to you know, to live lives of of enslavement uh, that was not very different from what their fathers and grandfathers had experienced before the Civil War. That's a terrible. That's a travesty of our history. A fantastic travesty of our history, and it's a, and it's a huge explanation for how we got into this pattern of mass incarceration. And like one of your other callers was saying, it was a part of this effort to force African Americans down into this lower position of society and hold them there, and and uh, and 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 obstruct the ambitions of of ambitious people. And you know, it, it was all. It was part of this this huge effort to keep African-Americans in this second-class status in America. But it's also important for us to remember that you know, all of the problems with the prison system and the criminal justice system are not just because of this one exception right. of the 13th oh, yeah. Amendment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Harold from, from Michigan. Hi. Yeah, how you doing, Joe? Uh, I'm not from... Uh... I'm from Mississippi, but I live in Detroit. Okay. I didn't know that uh, existed in the, uh, you know, uh, that 13th Amendment. There was, I'm I'm a little slow right now, but uh, I, I don't agree with it. I think it needs to be abolished. Uh, okay. Um, let me try Timothy from Oklahoma, ex-incarcerated laborer. Uh, you're on with Douglas Blackman. Your comment or question? Hey, Joe. Good morning, Mr. Blackman. 
Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Joe, I, I, I did time in Texas. I went there twice. I didn't learn my lesson the first time, so I had to go back. The first time I went, they classified me as a trustee. I did six years. When I tell you, I did, the only thing I got got paid, well, I wouldn't call it paid. I got to be a trustee where I lived on a trustee camp. But I breeded hogs. I worked as a cowboy breeding cattle. They sell their stuff on the open market. The second time I went, they put me in a, 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 in a, in a tractor squad where I plowed fields and planted seed. And they, I'm talking about Texas. When you first go in, they class, you're going to be classified as a, a hard inmate where you go out there and just do hard labor, working in the field just to pass the time. And your question, or, I, I got to get to questions oh, or comments. Well, that, that the for, state, right. I just want to say in the state of Texas, they work you like a slave, and they don't pay you nothing. And that's real fact. In yeah. Texas, they do that. And not just Texas, uh, Doug. I mean, it, it, this yeah, was, it's, a, it's, a, it's all over the place. I mean, it varies from state to state exactly how it works, and it varies whether prisoners are paid anything at all or whether they're paid a tiny bit. You know, there are all kinds of variations, but it all does come down to that the, yeah. that the state can make you work as your punishment. Now, the, the, but however, the, where the problems come in, where the really serious problems come in is when the state begins to let private corporations, private entities make a profit off of the labor of people who are in prison. Because then that, is, that messes with all of the motivations around everything else. Mm. Because that gives, it gives the government a profit incentive. It, that can incentivize cops to arrest more people, uh, particularly if you've got a county jail somewhere that has been is leasing out beds to uh, to immigration and naturalization to put people who are picked up at the border. Well, then that really incentivizes uh, law enforcement to fill that prison up because it is uh, because it is generating revenue for that county or for that state. And those are the kinds of things that that uh, that can go terribly wrong. And and are not what the are not the way that that our system of imprisonment should ever work. Profit should not be a part of the administration of justice. Stan is from Massachusetts, and I think he's going to speak to the that very point. Go ahead, Stan. Um, yeah, I was going to say not only do they need to get rid of the clause, but the previous caller kind of took a little bit of my thunder. Uh, they give a tax credit to those companies that use these inmates for work. It's about $2,400 federal tax credit that, that they get, which is totally wrong. And if you're, if you're going to do away with the slavery clause, then you have to put some rules around. Um, you have to put some rules around. If you are going to use uh, prison labor, then why wouldn't they be paid the same thing that you would be paid, which is a fair wage, yeah. uh, for doing that work. It doesn't be, have to be something they like doing necessarily, but if they sign up for it voluntarily in prison uh, just so they can learn a skill, then they should be paid for that skill, and these companies should not be making a profit. And I think I read somewhere where it could be from as little as $4 a week uh, that these people get paid for skilled uh, labor right. and that and that's just wrong. All right, uh, last comment, uh, uh, Doug Blackman. Go ahead. Well, I think your callers all because of people's personal experiences and and probably people that they know about and read about. You know what they're really all getting at is that it's a mess. 
the, the, the way all of this works is a mess, and, and the administration of justice should not be a mess. It's the most you know, freedom and who gets to have it and who doesn't is the most precious question that ever faces a society. And, and it should not be that, that there's, there's some motivation for more people to be incarcerated that is either because we don't want those people to vote or, or we don't want them to be competing with, uh, with with other folks out in the out in society, or because we're just because we're going to make money off of it, and that's what my book, Slavery by Another Name, was all about. Was that you had a system that had gone totally out of control, where state governments and police and individuals were all making huge profits off imprisonment of African Americans specifically. And then also using that imprisonment to suppress voting and suppress citizenship. And that all starts from the profit motive being a part of the administration of justice. And, and so the, the congresswoman, who's my congresswoman, because I live in Atlanta, uh, so her proposal to remove this clause from the 13th Amendment somehow, I don't, it's going to be a hard thing to do, but it, it, it is a good idea. That clause is not the cause of all of our problems. But it's something that should change. All right. I so appreciate you uh, being uh, with us. Thank you so much. It's good talking to you again. And again, the book, please, everybody, let me encourage you to. Uh, it's still out there. It, it, it Read it. It should be part of your library. And every now, I think you can probably download or go on, on, on PBS and, and see the uh, documentary. Uh, uh, again, slavery by another name. Uh, Doug Blackman, thank you so much, and we'll talk again. Thanks for having me, Joe. Okay. I got to tell you, uh, it, it, and it's interesting, Doug Blackman said in the end, she's my congresswoman, and by the way, I support her bill. It, it may be difficult. I, You know, I don't know if it should be difficult. I don't know if it should be difficult. I think a, a, a serious case was made. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.